I am JR. Welcome to the JR Show podcast. Got a special treat for you today. A guy who's written some huge songs over the past 10 years. Ryan Stevenson, he's got the song Eye of the Storm, one of the top songs in faith music history. Only fitting to sit down with Ryan Stevenson as we're coming out of the wake of a storm, Hurricane Ian, not too long ago. Let's get into it. One of the tallest guys on our playlist, Good Buddies with Toby Mac, Ryan Stevenson, my guest. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please welcome today's guest? Uh, He is, every year, always one of my favorites, Ryan Stevenson. How are we? We are good. Good. We're tired. Good, yeah. We're hot. We're humid. Uh, I would say, you just to give our audience a quick little um, um, heads up, um, the, uh, during the pandemic, you've been doing something pretty awesome. We've talked about it on the air before, but I just want to give the audience an update of something you were kind of like, oh gosh, we got to make a living during mm-hmm. the pandemic, and you're still doing it years later, you know, I guess, yeah. Two years, years yeah. later. So I can say years. Uh, <laughs> Going in and doing the home shows all over the country. Like, where were you at this weekend? Yeah, this weekend we were in all the way up, like, a couple hours from Canada. Like, we were North Wisconsin, Indiana, Illinois, and Iowa just this weekend. Yeah. And that seems relatively like a pretty short, kind of quick distance, considering what we've been doing the last two years. Yeah. So you go in, somebody just like, hey, come play at my blah, blah, blah. And you get paid just the same, but you also get face to face with people, which is probably very different. Yeah, it's it's a lot different. I, I really do love it. It's simple. No contracts, no deposits. Like we just kind of go out on good faith with hosts that bring us in and they find us through social media. Yeah. Um, they bring us in to play a backyard or a living room or a wherever their space is that they want to host a a private unplugged acoustic concert for them themselves and their friends and their community. Yeah. That's where we, that's where we play. And so I don't know if you'd mind talking about this, but I thought it was very interesting that eye of the storm is one of the biggest songs in faith music history. It is just one that has tattooed itself to a generation of faith music. Well, not just that, but all over the world, people know that song. And so when somebody's like this, that's a huge song, and this guy's in my, at my bar mitzvah or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I think bar mitzvah? Yeah, that was from my bar, bar mitzvah. <laughs> Shalom <laughs> or whatever, you know. But, but like he's really here, and and like, have you had people surprised that like you're the guy that wrote this? Yeah, what? Well, I mean, it happens more often than not. People. I think the thing that we run into the most is people want me to, they they just don't believe that I'm going to come out without a contract and without a deposit and without any red tape, yeah, without any hoops to jump through. It just seems kind of too easy for them, but I just kind of say, hey, this is a virtual handshake. If you commit to us, we're going to commit to you. We'll be there. Um, and if you let us down. And if you let us down. I will hurt you <laughs> like you don't eat. Oh, what were you going to say? Where were we going? Uh, <laughs> No, we, we, it's easy. We show up yeah. and, um, that's pretty awesome. The thing that we run into the most is that people want, they kind of, because it seems too easy and because they know my music so much and they know who I am, they don't really find it 
realistic that I'm actually going to be in their home. Right. So they want some kind of assurance like, hey, can you send a video or can you tell my (laughs) friends, can you post about it and say that you're actually going to be here? And we've had people um, leave like we were talking. We've had people leave our show, leave our concert in the middle of the show because they were so angry that a Ryan Stevenson tribute impersonator was in their friend's home or in their friend's church playing Ryan Stevenson songs (laughs) in this tiny town. Like they were so mad they got up and left. (laughs) We're so tired of second rate. I know this is, they were just really mad. (laughs) They're triggered. Like I grew up with hand-me-downs. We can't get anything in this town. Now we got people mocking us. Yeah. You know, it's eye of the storm, but it's the eye is spelled different, which I caught that, you know, it's interesting because (laughs) When people leave me yeah. and I'm actually there and they get up and leave my show because they, they think that I'm an impersonator of the real guy. Right. What is that? Like, I must be really <laughs> bad in, in a certain sense. <laughs> like, they message I wanna, you? like if, if it's so bad with the actual me there <laughs> and the they're leaving, imagine if like, I don't know. Do they ever message you, like, Ryan or Stevenson official or something, like, hey, there's a guy, and you're like, pretend to be mad. Yeah, oh, are you serious? Those much. guys are out there? Yes, I could I could show you some emails right now. Like, Ryan, somebody is pretending to be you. Yeah. How it's, many years do you think you, uh, what if Toby came and said, hey, let's get this tour going again, would you be glad to be back out, or you've kind of settled into a group? Man, I, I mean, I love Toby, and he's... I love touring with him and like I came up under those guys and they're yeah. kind of family, obviously. I would, I, I love touring with him. I would always do it. Yeah. Um, I, but I just, I re- have really loved yeah. this like unplugged, organic, up close and personal. Like there's just something that we've, that I've just really found and just kind of rediscovered a love and a passion for why I wanted to do music in the first place. Yeah. And it's found just in the in the face to face ground level, like nothing else happening, no production, uh, vulnerability, ground floor, face to face communication and, and testimony. Man, it's it's really been uh, that's great doing something special in my heart. Cool. Oh, I forgot to change the green screen. Um, I don't think we've had you on since we got this. Um, it's just a way for us when we share clips of you and I talking on socials, it gives it a little bit of eye candy behind us besides <laughs> the main eye candy of you yeah. and I, um, let's go, <laughs> let's go three, three options. Um, we're in an auto body shop, a mall, or one of the famous dog shows going on behind us. What would what, you like? Dog show. 100%. Let's do it. Alex. Okay. It's like Alex was a dog I was calling right there. Alex, can you change the green screen? <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Have you ever watched one of these before? Mm, man, it's like one of my favorite Thanksgiving Day traditions, honestly. Okay. I like watching the hunting dog portion. Okay. Yeah. Can you imagine the conversations that are happening in, around, in and around a dog show? Like, yeah. Carlisle, we got to go to the confirmation. That's what it sounds like for real. Oh, take Chesterfield down to his confirmation. <laughs> Let's, um, oh, this bingo ball in front of us. It was just um, a creative way to have you randomly get one of these little bingo balls. They're all attached to a co- random question I've got here on my 
on my sheet. So if you wouldn't mind giving it a whirl here. I, yeah, oh, like this. Yeah. Man. Oh, hey, look at that. I flung go. two balls out. All right. What do we got, Ryan? I-23. I-23. Okay. Um, what is the most awe-inspiring place you've ever stood in front of in your in your life? Like you, it, um, like you've gasped or you've like, it takes your breath away kind of a spot in your travels. Yeah, I would say the first time I stepped in front of, I woke up because it was dark when we got there the night before, but I woke up um, standing in front of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Oh, wow. Um, and it was just, you know, it was a very surreal, awe, one of those like moments where it was really emotional. And What happened at that spot? At that spot specifically, uh, Temple Mount. Well, Mount Moriah. That's that's where it, there's a mosque on it currently, okay. um, where supposedly you know biblical history and, and maybe you want to <laughs> dive into the history <laughs> more sure. more than I know. Uh, <laughs> that's where Abraham went to sacrifice okay. Isaac, and oh, wow. he prov- and Lord provided a lamb right there, anyways, and so or instead. Yeah. So that's where the Temple Mount took place. That's where the old Solomon's Temple used to sit. Yeah. Um, well, it was just. A, who, who did you go with on that trip? I went with a bunch of worship leaders from around the country, and we went on a kind of a twelve-day yeah. worship excursion. There's a dude rolling around the America right now named Sean Foyt who has a thing called Let Us Worship. Okay. and hold the line and all these things. Well, back in the day, he was really involved. He started a thing called Burn 24-7, which was like yeah. Davidic and prophetic uh, worship and just um, releasing yeah. you know, releasing God's presence through worship. And a bunch of us went all over to Israel and yeah. we were there for a few weeks. So I, I've not been. What Was there one moment from that trip where Scripture was so alive? You Yeah, I would say that when I went to... Uh, the Mount of Olives in yeah. the garden, and but you can sit there and read, you know, the Kidron Valley going into the Eastern Gate, how, you know, the Messiah will set foot on the Mount of Olives, make his way through the Kidron Valley, through the Eastern Gate, reading the scripture, seeing all these things. And it's, when you read the Bible, you think that it's, it's really spread out, mm-hmm. it's far away, but it's very condensed. Like the old city of Jerusalem is really small, the valley's right there, the Mount of Olives I mean, there's a lot of cemeteries around there now. Yeah. The garden. Um, That's interesting. It's. I just think when you're there, you, the Bible comes alive to you in a really new way. Oh yeah, I've. I always at like when Toby was in, he did that trip with Tate and stuff, and I'm like, I just want to know more. Like, yeah. Tell me what you were feeling when you stood. You just. You just cry. Yeah. Honestly, like I just found myself for like the first four or five days, I couldn't explain it. I didn't know why. There was just a presence coming over me that was so emotional and so like I felt like I was like I was home. Yeah, because when you're back home, you're, it's faith that you read a scripture and then you accept it. You make maybe mental images in mm-hmm. your head of what that looked like, and then you accept it by faith and you go on with your life. Yeah. But when you're standing there, like I have never done, all of a sudden there's a real picture you're, that you yeah. get to attach. That's right. To the faith. So I have to do that. At some you point. need to. Yeah. Let's grab another random question here. Um, these, this was new this time around, and we're doing all of this in front of a dog show behind us. Um, what's, uh, what's our next random question, Ryan? N44. N44. Will you describe to our audience your morning r- routine? 
Oh, so easy. Okay. I always try to wake up before my kids are up. I don't like being that dad who's like still sleeping when his kids are awake. Yeah, that's horrible. Nobody does that, right? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> there could be a fire and everybody made it to the escape plan in the front yard. It's like, they know uh, where I am. I like being up when my kids are up. So I get up, I make coffee, and I typically... Black or... No, I have to have, okay. all, the, I have, yeah. to have all the stuff in it. Um, There's no shame. No. I was just okay. kind of curious. I just cannot give up coffee creamer. I yeah. won't do it. Is there uh, a special flavor you like? Just straight French vanilla. Okay, because they make... A lot. A lot of cool stuff that I'm like, I'm not a coffee creamer guy, but I'm like, if that's as good as the logo looks like, yeah. donut, you know, crispy well, cream, donut yeah. creamer. And what I've found, honestly, dude, is that all those like cinnamon toast crunch yeah. and, <laughs> you know, s'mores, all these things, like they really taste bad. Yeah. The Just the staple French vanilla or hazelnut. Give me one of those two. Yeah. All day long. They're all kind of saying, here's a creative way we're going to take the taste of coffee out of your drink. Yeah. Whereas those of us who actually like the taste of coffee, like, just give me enough that it's, you know. Yeah. I drink it black, so I like, I have to have Well, a and you're a Northwest guy, too. Yeah. So you, you. I've worked at Starbucks in downtown Seattle. So, like, that's, it's ingrained <laughs> yeah. to enjoy that's the like, scent. That's the I ground know, floor. I know the hill at which this bean was roasted mm. in Ethiopia, you know. Hopefully, fair traded. Um, but yeah. Um, okay, let's... Um, before we go into a song, I want to... Uh, actually, for all of our... Um, I'm not talking to the those that are into Ryan Stevenson tribute bands. This is for the real Ryan Stevenson fans. Um, new... Um, what's your writing... When can we expect new music from you? Next year? Or? Yeah, I think from here on out, we're, we're kind of flipping up the script a little bit we're just gonna release stuff all the time okay um yeah matt, matt marr was t that's his new thing right now i kept wanting to because i'm a radio personality that yeah. keeps wanting to say hey tell me when that album and he's yeah. like well i guess we'll do an album when there's enough songs to put on an album so we're going yeah he's like going a month at a time like yeah. when it's done we'll put it up when we're we're just i'm just writing all the time and we're making songs all the time and I have prop. I mean, I have a ton of songs just in the hopper right now, but we're just kind of going through. And whenever we release them, we release them. Yeah. And when we have enough that we feel like we want to put those on a record proper, we'll put it out. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's the but there's new. a lot, a lot of new music coming right now. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Let's go. Um, can you just so we can get some some good meat out here? Um, 2022 so far. Um, the bit of scripture that's tattooed itself to you that you won't forget. It's attached to this year for you. Yeah, easy. Um, <clears throat> Second Corinthians 5. Jesus says, you know, Second Corinthians 5, Paul says, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And I've been in the church my entire life and I've never really fully understood or grasped that. But this last season, the last two years, I feel like that right there is what the whole lockdown, shutdown, stop pandemic season has done for me is it brought me, the Lord in his goodness has brought me to a place to actually get rooted and established and seeded in my beloved identity as a son. Mm. Because I've, 
most of us, if we're being honest, we don't really know who we are. And everything we do in life is a secondary consequence to knowing who we are. And if you don't know who you are, if you don't know that you're a son or a daughter of the king, you're going to operate and function out of that deficit. Yeah. You're going to operate and function from a place of um, insecurity. And we're the righteousness of God in Christ, seated in heavenly places. He loves us with the same love that he has for his son. God does. Like This has just been revolutionizing my faith and, and peeling away paradigms that have been woven into the fabric of my faith as as a child and a young adult all the way to now, Lord just stopping me in my tracks and, and saying, stop, you are my son. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Like you are secure. I love you as you are, not as you think you should be, as Brennan Manning yeah, says. Yeah. Um, that I feel like that's where I'm at and that's the message that's alive and burning in my spirit that I'm just, feel passionate about releasing right now to to the especially in the political climate the tension you know the tension in the in the culture and on everything that we're going through right now speaking that identity i feel like it's dark people sit around wondering like man why is it so dark in the culture right now and it's like to me it's obvious because our light is limited mm. because we've bought in somewhere along the way to a little bit of an insufficient version of the truth of the gospel of who we actually really are. And we were designed, we were made, we were given and made light to actually confront darkness, to not to try to escape the culture, but yeah. to invade it and to change it. Yeah. That's and true. that's my, that's just heavy on my heart. Yeah. Second Corinthians five, knowing that's who we are, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm going to go off of my script for a second, Ryan, because not everybody can, t you and I can both talk about this um, and both be on the, sim you and I both grew up knowing the church, knowing the gospel. I tell people I was spoon fed stories of the greatest story on earth before I knew about Mary had, a, you know, or lullabies. I knew about gospel things before I knew what other kids were learning being put to bed. So you're spoon fed the most amazing story in the world. And you just sort of, it's like you and I growing up near Mount hood or Mount Rainier. When tr visitors come, they're like, is that snow covered all year? And like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's cool. But like, you're so used to one of the most amazing things. Mm. Like in Seattle, I had the Olympic mountains on one way to school. And in my rear view, I could see the Cascades. Yeah, of course. So it's like, yeah, it's just, mm. everybody has this. No, they don't, and they get awed by it. Mm -hmm. So that's what the gospel was to me. I had it my whole life, and it's just, I hate that I kind of was like, yeah, cool, Jesus died. Like, no, this is a great story. Mm -hmm. And I'm now at 45. It's I'm coming alive. In yeah. It. But then you, Same. Yeah, then you go and practice. You go and develop a skill, music, radio. You develop a craft. You make a living doing it. Have you found, because it's happened to me over the past couple of years, that the thing that I found success in, I think God has now in these, maybe times have always been crazy, but for some reason it just feels heightened. I feel like I've gone from, oh, wow, God, thank you. I get to make a living entertaining people. Now, everywhere I go, whatever I do, there's an element of mission to it where mm -hmm. I feel this sense of, ah, oh, here's why you put me here. Mm -hmm. Has your shows developed more and more over the past couple of years into oh wow i'm being i was being used before like my song might impact somebody but now i'm here face to face in somebody's yard actually speaking life face to face with somebody yeah is that transition 100 percent 
Okay. And I feel like just quickly to to attest to that. To me, I feel like music now. My songs are just have become the vehicle to just get me out there mm. to actually minister and love on people and to speak that truth and identity in life face to face in a lot in a setting like that. Yeah. Um, and when you marry that with the songs and the music and you infuse all that together, it, it becomes even more powerful. But like you, man, you know, I'm 43 and at this stage of my life in my adulthood, this, this identity, this fire, this, this flame of, of intimacy and, and a, a passion to steward uh, revival and mm. release and speak revival and freedom to this generation has never been, never felt felt it like this. Like I feel a, like a mandate, uh, yeah. a responsibility as a dad. Now I have, you know, I have children and I'm, I'm not thinking of myself. I'm, for the first time in my life, if I'm being honest, I'm not thinking yeah. about myself anymore. I'm so generationally, conscious I, I just i'm so conscious of this generational legacy what am i leaving for my kids and their friends and yeah and and the next generation um you sort of look at here's my energy here's the talents and giftings you've used given me and now it's like i now have a passion to go let me go do whatever i can with the energy i have in a day yeah. with that fire you, you don't want to waste that fire it's like it's because i i feel it i feel it too where it's like I mean, I, I have less energy than I used to have. So mm -hmm. get ready. You got two years before you hit my, st <laughs> but, but it's like before it was, it was about how can I get my status in the American dream to the next level mm -hmm. and the next level. And now it's like, that's all rubbish. Mm -hmm. It means nothing, mm -hmm. you know, cause that can be taken away in an instant as we learn through the pandemic, like, but leaving, doing things with, with a kingdom mindset yes. has now never been more important. Same. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's end on a fun note here. Um, the uh, You accidentally drew two bingo balls just a bit ago, and so I kind of saved the second one. And uh, I-20, what does it say there? I-23. I-23. If the apocalypse started today, how would you fare? Oh, I'd be super, <laughs> I'd be totally set. Oh, set. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'd be great. <laughs> We're okay. I thought you were like, no, I'd be dead the first yeah, day. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I, I would, I would head to. I have some land. Okay. And with like a little cabin on it. Okay. And so that's kind of like my little escape and oasis. Got a creek. Oh, we have lots of ammunition. I'm oh. like, the, I'm probably like the most controversial guy to talk to about like prepping and you know. Oh. I did not know that. So but this no, fell I'm, just, I'm not a prepper. Yeah. I'm just like, there's, I've been out in, I've been out all over America the, in this entire time. Yeah. We never stopped touring. We've been everywhere at the heat and the height of coronavirus. We were out in it and there's a lot of craziness happening right yeah. now. So every time I'd come home, I wouldn't necessarily start prepping, but I'm like, man, there's a lot of insane stuff in the culture right now. Yeah. So I'm just going to maybe be prepared. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing. Okay. And is there a food stash as well? Or is that like, you know, we'll probably have a You know, here's the thing, man. You don't actually need a lot of food. Yeah. You need water. Right. So we don't have a ton of, I mean, we got some like cans of tuna yeah. fish or whatever. Yeah. But. You should try chili. I've been collecting rainwater. So <laughs> really? I have a little thing off my cabin that oh. collects rainwater. So I'm like, hey. 
Are you a fan of Nate Bargatze, the comedian? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this bucket's for you? Yeah. And that bucket's for you? But you're wondering what those were doing out here when you're 18. Do I get cash? There's something a little better than that. <laughs> My wife's family just told me last month that they're all very close, her family. And so the niece has 20 acres in Texas, in West Texas, that they've already talked about it. That if things go bad. <laughs> the classic and phrase, I'm, if things <laughs> get bad. But I married, my side of the family is all in trouble. Like yeah. they're just swallowed by whatever a pop, they have planned nothing. They wouldn't know what to do with a gun or with a can opener. Like it's just in trouble. Their family is already thinking, we build walls, mm -hmm. West Texas, 20 acres. You grow the food, you are on security. I might need to be the one still doing a radio show to bring some cash flow, because I don't know, do you still need cash in an apocalypse? You can just live off the land, yeah. I guess. Oh, great. West Texas might not have been the best place to grow crops, is it? It's desolate. Yeah. But hey. That's fun to think about, but yeah. Unlimited rattlesnakes oh, in West yeah. Texas. I will learn how to make boots mm. and uh, eat. Yeah. And you can eat snakes. Rattlesnakes, too. Um, thank you as always for joining. Um, yes, we, uh, we look forward to uh, new music coming in, which sounds so futuristic to say 2023, but it's like coming. Wow. And it's, it's just bizarre. But yeah, uh, we love hanging with you, thank you and uh, look forward to the thank next time. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that. Ryan Stevenson, just a good, good, genuine guy. That's what I could say about him. I do want to remind you to hit subscribe. You'll be alerted when the next episode of the JR Show podcast comes out. We always appreciate you uh, spreading the word about the JR Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram as well. And then uh, don't forget to hit subscribe. Next week, I've got two very funny comedians that are going to join me. I've had one of them on before, Brian Bates. But these are two guys um, that do a podcast with Nate Bargatze uh, in the Nashville area. They tour with Nate Bargatze from time to time. Aaron Weber and Brian Bates. I've never tried to do an interview with two comedians at the same time. So we should be in for some good laughs on the next episode of the JR Show podcast. Uh, again, don't forget to hit subscribe and we'll talk to you next time.